Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, give us a five-star review, especially on Spotify, which you can do now. As always, we talk judging in MMA, so you should do yourself a favor, read the criteria, learn it. You can find it at abcboxing.com. Yeah, Dan, make sure, uh, I don't know if you have Spotify, but uh, I already voted uh, us as a five-star show. Uh, make sure you do as well if you're able. I will. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did already. So I know I was, it said I was one of the first, and it says like, oh, you need to, we need to get more so that it'll like show up that we have enough ratings or something like that. So yeah, all, the, all you mm-hmm. listeners, if you're listening through Spotify instead of Apple, give us five star. If you're listening through Apple and you haven't rated us five stars, come on, come on, man. Uh, come on, come on, lady. Whoever you are, we don't discriminate. Let's see. I'm going to do it right now. Oh, yeah. There we go. Five star. Yeah. Submit it. Booyah. All done. All right. Took two seconds. We must be the top rated podcast on Spotify now. I imagine we're going to catch fire. Scott, in my book, my rating holds a lot, a lot of weight. So, Well, I know that. So I know that. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Yeah. No, it, it's the truth. It's mm-hmm. inarguable. If we have only five star ratings... How can we not have the best rated exactly. podcast? It's Amazing. The way it is. It might be a tie, but <laughs> we would still be the best. Yeah. Yeah. And if you give us four stars, you know, just stop listening. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll take you anyway. <laughs> then, you know, we're, we're finally kind of getting back into a little bit of normalcy now. We got the UFC set to return uh, after a month off. I, I like this month off. I, I think it's it's a good recharge. For me, you, you see a lot of takes about people saying like, oh, man, I can't wait for MMA. I've missed MMA, that kind of thing. And then you hear the people saying, oh, you know, if, if you like this break, you know, you're a casual. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Sometimes we need to recharge. Here's the thing. Casuals are the only ones. They only know every week fights. Hardcores are the ones that are used to these breaks. It was. Yeah. We had six weeks in between fights. It wasn't all that long ago. You know, back in my day, back when I was getting into watching the UFC, uh, I was uh, I was looking back and really about 30 UFC events a year, 27 ish, 30, 20, even going back 20 uh, in the first couple or last couple of years, I should say, of Spike TV when I was started getting into the sport. It was a lot easier back then. You, you, you were excited about every single event because every single event was, wow, it's back. It's awesome. And it, yeah, it usually had more name power for each event. So indeed, indeed, the uh, the Fox deal kind of destroyed that. Um, it it took the sport to new heights, but yeah, it made it hard. It was really <laughs> it made it hard to watch everything. Although the, the, the Fox the deal same was, enthusiasm. was weird was, that they only played one fight for the very first. Oh, one. on the the debut one. Well, it yeah. was just like it was really just supposed to be like a sneak preview kind of thing because that was actually that took place while the Spike deal was not even done. No, the the Fox deal I'm talking. You're, you're talking about the, the first event, right? Yeah, the first Fox. UFC on Fox 1. Yeah, that one was in November, the year that the Fox, uh, the, the Spike TV deal Oh, it wasn't ended. even up yet. Okay. No, 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 no. That was kind of treated as like a like a sneak preview kind of thing to what was to come. Man, That's why it was only one fight. You should have showed him Hen- uh, Benson Henderson and Clay Guida. That's the fight that, that should have got on there, too. That would have got a lot of people going crazy. I want to say that Dustin Poirier might have been in the co-headliner, or like I should say the featured prelim, which was essentially the co-headliner for that one. Uh, I'd have to pull it up. 
Maybe you could pull it up. Come correct on me. No, I thought it. I thought it was uh, Henderson and Clay Guida. I don't know. Let's see. It was Benson Henderson and Clay Guida. Poye fought uh, Pablo Garza in the oh, fight so before Oh, he was that. on there. Okay. All right. I didn't miss her. Oh, the Scarecrow, Pablo Garza. I liked he, him. He that was that was when Dustin used Dar's chokes. Yes, that was like his. That was what he was known for, at least for me. It was like, oh yeah, he's a, he's a grappler. Yeah, he's, he's, that's some really good Dar's chokes. And then he also lost by Dar's choke to uh, <laughs> the Korean Zombie, which I thought was fascinating. Um, he he's become a little bit more known for some other things in the in the intervening ten years, but uh, impressive career uh, for, oh, sure. for sure. And he's made a lot of money, especially in the last year or so. So good for him. Um, but that's yeah, that's old news. Obviously, we're getting back into it. Like I said, um, last week though, uh, we had our uh, giving out the judges. That was fun. That was a good time. But now we're back to judging related yes, yes, indeed. stuff. Well, I mean, that was that was still judging related. We did talk a lot about pizza. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love pizza. We could still talk about pizza. We could just turn this into a, like a like a, a low key pizza show, maybe, and just shout out all the people that we've you know the, the fans and then the listeners and the the people who appreciate our show uh, have you know come to delight in. Uh, we'll just shun them and say no, no, no. Now it's a pizza show. Well, yeah, and well, when you take me to Pizza Wagon in uh, April, is that what I'm taking? Well, I'm a, I'm just assuming you'll you'll be at Barclays that day. For, oh, for UFC, for yeah. UFC. Um, all right. 273, I believe. Is that the number? Okay. So when, when I go in, and you know, I, I assume I would be covering it, um, assuming they, uh, the staffing will allow, uh, I typically what I do is I go in, I drive in, it's like a half hour-ish from my house, and then I park at my in-laws, and then I take the train, uh, I don't know, like five, six stops or something like that. Are you sure it's not that interstellar time for only a half hour? Why? Why do you? What are you talking about? Interstellar all the time now. Every single thing you watch like, about night. Interstellar. Oh, okay. So this is like fresh. It's in your very mind. fresh in my mind. I see. So. <laughs> like, when did you become obsessed with with the uh, like? I would say a B level Christopher Nolan movie. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Weird. I I love Christopher Nolan. To say that's a B level means that it's not quite you know the Dark Knight trilogy or the Prestige or Memento. Only one I haven't seen is Memento. You never saw Memento? Never saw Memento. Ooh, that one. Next time you come over, we're going to watch it. Okay. We already did. uh, (laughs) What what did we watch when you came over last time? Knives Out. That was good. Knives Out. That's a great one. That was fun. I love that one. Uh, Memento's a little different, but it's also good. Okay. Mess with your hair a little bit. Yeah. Should we we get into this or what? I don't know. It's up to you. I thought we were talking about pizza all day. Nah, let's get into it. All right. What do you want to talk about? (laughs) I want to talk about you. Me? Yeah. You you went on... uh... The uh, Protect Your Neck podcast with Dan Tom. Yes, I did last week. To get your, your judging juices flowing again. Indeed. Oh, for this one, man, I, I tell you, I sp- <laughs> I watched like a good 30 like questionable decisions from the last like what, 15, 20 years or whatever. Uh, I was like scouring all sorts of lists and things, trying to remember things too. I, you know, I pulled some suggestions uh, from officials. To kind of see if I could get any leads and you know figure out things myself. Uh, yeah, I watched a lot. I think you know in in the process of watching some that I remembered being a lot closer weren't, and then some that or I should say some that I remembered being maybe not a robbery, but you know a decision I wasn't happy with at the time. I watched back and I'm like, all right, I get it. And then there's a few where I'd go back and I'm think, okay, you know maybe I could see the perspective there, and I'm like, nope, didn't see it. <laughs> 
Uh, but that was fun. I, there were a few that I didn't get the name on the show. Um, I wish I did, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good time. Uh, it, it was uh, it was a long one. I was I was not prepared for the the seatbelt to be strapped in as long as it was, but it, it was cool. Yeah, and you know, I, I I was unaware that you were uh, you've come around to being pretty uh, pretty set on Hendricks winning his fight with GSP. Yeah, I know you said you're good yeah. either way. But I, I watched that round in particular, the first round. I watched that fight or that round uh, like two or three times. I can't remember if I watched it a third time. I definitely watched it twice, like in the in the few days before I went on the show. Because I, you know, you're going to talk about that fight when this topic comes up, which which the topic uh, for anyone who didn't get to listen uh, was uh, worst uh, judge, worst scorecards in MMA history. Yeah, top five list. So. Mm-hmm. It was. It's good. Go listen. Check it out. It's on YouTube. Yep, and I and uh, iTunes too as well, or or I should say Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and, and Scott. So so mention. So we're talking about bad scorecards. Why don't we uh, go revisit our bad scorecards? Why would we do that? I don't. I don't want anyone to know that I <laughs> didn't know what I was talking about when I started the show. We should. Yeah. yeah. We were experts on this from the jump. <laughs> Just don't listen to the first like twenty five thirty episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, it, it, Dan's right. We um, we got to thinking as as I actually in in the process of preparing for this show in particular, uh, the Protecting Neck podcast that I went on. Um, I you know I kind of wanted to catalog what scores Dan and I had assigned for past judgments in the past. So you know I, I love spreadsheets. Everyone knows this. Uh, I I made a spreadsheet and and I'm looking through and I'm like, man, look at these horrible scorecards we used to do in the first, you know, like I said, probably 30, 40 shows or something like that, somewhere in that range, uh, before we had, you know, the pleasure of speaking with uh, experienced officials like Rob Hines, uh, Kevin McDonald, Ben Cartledge. They, they, we had them on the show, and they did a lot to um, really point our compass in the right direction uh, for North to guide us in the way we score fights. And that... I think meant that we really had to go back on some of these past judgments of the past. Uh, I mean, you agree, right? Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, but we all in, in that time, we've also ironed out our scoring criteria a little bit better. So yeah, yeah. The CSJ criteria has gotten a little bit more. I mean, it's more, I think we more or less explained it very similarly, if not exactly the same, but I think we're more on the same page of how it's supposed to be applied. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, <laughs> you picked the fight that we are deciding to go back for for this edition, which we are calling Pass Judgment Appeal Edition. We get to rescore our rescore. Mm-hmm. This is the one where we will uh, prove how dumb we were, <laughs> and we will reveal what our scores were originally as we go along, uh, in addition to what our revised uh, and, let's say, more intelligent scorecards uh, are as well. But... Uh, yeah, Dan, I, I don't think there's much more to say other than uh, which fight we're doing, which uh, which is what? Demetrius Johnson, Henry Cejudo 2. That's right. Uh, the five-round close fight that took place uh, several years back. Dan, before we go into the real spiel and get into the uh, the rounds as well, why don't you remind everybody how we score fights uh, in past judgment? Yeah, the CSJ criteria, basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given 
for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Let's set it up, Scott. All right, so Mighty Mouse Cejudo number two. We're going all the way back to August 4th, 2018, which at this point now, we're, we're about three and a half years past. UFC 227, this was the co-headliner at Staples Center in Los Angeles. Uh, it took place right before the Bantamweight Championship headliner between TJ Dillashaw, who stopped Cody Garbrandt in their rematch. Mighty Mouse at this point, as I'm sure everybody recalls, was considered the uh, more not unbeatable, maybe, but I mean, he, I mean, no one was beating him at flyweight. That was for sure. Definitely not 13, at 25. 13 0 and 1. You know, that, that draw, of course, was uh, actually a fight that I spoke about on Dan Tom's show uh, that I, we called out a 10 10, or I called out a 10 10 scorecard from Anthony Dimitriou on that one, which if I, if it went the way of Mighty Mouse Johnson instead of uh, a draw with me and McCall, which is the final result of that fight, it would have ended up being a Johnson win and they would have moved on. They wouldn't have had the rematch that uh, Mighty Mouse ended up winning anyway. So I, you, know, you almost can look at that fight as like, a, I mean, it is what it is, but how often do we get 10 tens? <laughs> no. And that's, uh, that's basically why we have what we have here. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so, you know, he was the only champion uh, of the flyweight division in the UFC history. One of his victories, of course, uh, during that run was uh, over Cejudo two years earlier, who got TKO'd uh, in about three minutes. Vicious Knees did that trick for that one, and uh, there's some follow-up punches, of course. So Hudo, he got his second shot uh, at the title, coming off of a unanimous decision victory over Sergio Pettis, who is now the Bellator Bantamweight champion. Judges for this one are Sal D'Amato, Ron McCarthy, and Marcos Rosales, and the referee, Mike Beltran. And this, Dan, because we talked about this fight before, comes all the way back from episode 12 of our show. Right where do we do not were, check it out. We were hitting our stride right about then. Do do not listen to episode twelve. <laughs> we had just, to just skip so. it. <laughs> I, I think we were getting better at this yeah. point, but we were still pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> plus, you know what? I'm going to blame everything on you coming out of COVID. That works. Yeah, it's, it's and fair. it rubbed off on me, even though I didn't see you. It's fair. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, round one. Uh, before you even explain what happened, I'm actually going to just say what our scores were at the time, all right? All right. So I think that's what we'll do. I'll say our our old scores, and then you'll go into what happened, and then we'll we'll say where we're at now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so originally, in episode 12, Dan and I each scored round one of this fight a 10-8 for Mighty Mouse. Dan, <laughs> what happens in this round? Uh, there was a lot of kicking from both guys in this round. I. I don't think that I actually I didn't check the stats, but it feels like they threw more kicks than they did punches in this round. Uh, I, th- I don't know that off the top of my head, yeah. but I would say that That's that what makes it a lot of like. sense, especially Mighty Mouse. Yeah, uh, DJ he landed really good leg kicks. He he damages the nerve in Cejudo's leg, and he you know he's, his roll in his ankle almost every other step he takes. Uh, yeah, Cejudo does have that. He, there's that weird thing that happened. It was like a total non-contact thing where he steps wrong, and I guess it, no, what, that what was that, that. That's off. Uh, that's this the sh- the. The Sean O'Malley, Vito Vera, uh, Chito Vera. Oh, thing. okay. You get kicked in the low kick, and it kind of shuts off the the connection to the foot. I see. Throws off your thing. So there. I missed that even this time. Yeah. So <laughs> he's uh, he ends up switching stances. So you know you know his his left legs you know a little bit beat up. But oh, it's clear. Doesn't stop Mighty Mouse. He keeps you know beating up the leg. Uh, DJ landed a couple head kicks, but you know Cejudo landed some kicks of his own to the body. 
and uh, to the legs. But I, I think it's pretty clear that it's a DJ round. Uh, when they clinch, I think Cejudo has the edge, but uh, he just doesn't have a, enough of it. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I gave this one a, a Johnson 10-9, um, which is a far cry from the 10-8 that both of us gave uh, at the time. I think we were we were a little too much in saying, oh, it was, it was just a, a clear round for him, so it's got to be. And I, I mean, it's definitely a clear round. It's not like a, a heavy action round, so it, it is what it is. I think it's not great to give it the other way for Cejudo, but this is still a 10-9. Uh, I think probably in any system, right? Ten nine, yeah. I don't even know where we were with a ten eight. Like that's crazy. I think we were pushing pretty hard to to separate things at the time. Is what it was. I will not go back and listen to it. So okay. I'm just speculating. <laughs> um, and again, no one else should either. But this is where it happened. So if for some reason you have to listen to how stupid we were then, it's there. I'm gonna we're, keep we're an eye on episode there. twelve. See if we get any new listens. On you know, that. I'm curious. Actually, <laughs> we'll have to say. Uh, <laughs> watch the stats. Um, and all the judges, of course, had this one, Mighty Mouse. No, no, nothing crazy going on here, judging wise. Uh, round two, Dan, and this one we at the time gave a 10 9 for uh, Henry Cejudo, and that put uh, Mighty Mouse still in the lead 19 18 at that point on both of our scorecards. So, Dan, what really happens in this? Yeah, it was a good bounce back round for Cejudo, uh, pretty close, uh. For the most part, I think Johnson landed good leg kicks again, but, you know, I think Cejudo was landing some decent punches this round. He was countering pretty well. Uh, thought his shots had more impact than what uh, Mighty Mouse was throwing. Uh, he does get a takedown lay and, you know, he doesn't really do much damage. He finishes the round landing some knees to the shoulder and to the side of Mighty Mouse. Nothing really all that impactful, but I, I think it's Cejudo 10-9. Yeah, honestly, the knees at the end were really what kind of made it a lot more clear for me that Cejudo won the round. I thought before, well, not clear even, I would just say it was still close, but I I, I felt much better giving him the edge. Before that, I, I thought it was really, really, really close. Um, and But, I, you know, it is what it is. I, I think that kind of solidified it uh, for me. But I can understand why you might go the other way. I think, you know, Mighty Mouse did have enough success and there really wasn't that much going on on the ground for uh, right, Cejudo yeah. until those knees. Yeah, the the knees and even even the knees aren't all that strong, uh, but uh, they, but they're they okay. Look, they look pretty decent. I mean, it's hard to say we're not there. You know, I, I feel like a, a strike like that, the judges being there in person, I feel like we'll get a better read on it than anything. Yeah, I think it, it's more about the target that that it's hitting. Like, oh, I mean, if you hurt yeah, the, it was the shoulder, right? Yeah. You can mess up the shoulder with a good knee like that. Why not? I mean, we spent our childhood punching our friends in the shoulder. Like that's yeah, where you punched everybody. Trained to be, you know, Olympic level wrestlers yeah, slash, know. you know, championship level fighters. To I guess, to I, you know, well, I guess what, there's a difference, sir. I guess what I'm saying, it's not going to end the fight. Nah. So, but I guess, but it, did, I, I but it does. It, it's good enough offense. It's like it's not like he just held them there. So I, I get what you're saying. I, so, I kind of disagree, but I, I do sort okay. of get what you're saying. Um, but yeah, either way, we we end up in the same place. Ten nine Zahudo, which is actually what we did have at the time. Um, so this didn't change, uh, the, the actual judges, the only ones who matter because we're talking about this two times and neither time does it actually affect the result. Uh, the judges at the time were, uh, Sal D'Amato and Ron McCarthy seeing this one for Henry Cejudo, whereas Marcos Rosales saw this as a mighty mouse round, having him up two to nothing. Otherwise the fight is tied going into round three. And this was another round, sir, that at the time when we first watched this, we, or when we first watched it for the show, we gave 10-8 Johnson, each of us, to make it 29-26 in Johnson's favor. He's got a big lead at this point. Uh, does that bear out in this round, sir? 
Well, it was a solid round for for Johnson. So I, I think yeah, I think it's pretty clear. I round. think I think it's a competitive but clear round. I don't think it's all that close. Um, you know, he lands some strong pen- punches early, and Cejudo's on his horse, like kind of running away. Uh, pressured him good, not allowing uh, any keep landing to all targets like Mighty Mouse does. Body, leg, head. He's all over. Uh, about halfway through, Cejudo's the one that you know becomes the aggressor. Has Mighty Mouse on his back foot, uh, but he's not really landing anything. Uh, and it, anything that he is landing, it's not to the same degree that that DJ is landing. Uh, so I, I think it's a ten nine Johnson. I'm I'm really not sure how he landed on a ten eight again. But again, I so. I think what we were doing was we were looking for clear rounds. I mean, you said this is a pretty yeah. solid round, right? Yeah. Uh, once you say that, I mean, maybe that was the bar we were using at that point. It probably was. Probably was. Yeah. Uh. You know, there's a there's definitely a part of me that wishes we could do that a little bit more. And, you know, no one's telling us we can't because it's all made up. We're the it only is. ones in charge of this thing. It is made up. But it's true. I, I think we are trying to stick at least a little closer to how uh, judges would see it and, you know, treat the eight more as almost like a 10 to eight score that a judge potentially could give out if they had the capacity to, you know, possibly. Yeah, it's not exactly that, but it, it, it's it's a much more close analogy. So. Um, but yeah, I, I also had this as a 10, nine on rewatch for Johnson instead of an eight. Um, it, it's just, you know, whenever it comes down to it, this is a clear round round. One is a clear round round two is a close round. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's where it reflects out. Um, uh, but nonetheless, we have, uh, both of us have 29, 28 for mighty mouse, uh, which is the same score as judges, D'Amato and McCarthy, whereas Marcos Rosales now has all three rounds for mighty mouse Johnson as everybody gave that a, uh, Johnson round. All right. Going into round four. Now here's where things start to get real wacky for you and I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you looked lit on this one. Oh boy. Uh, our scores at the time, I gave this one a 10 9 uh, Johnson score, putting him up 39 35 on my card. You, Dan, you gave a 10 10 round. <laughs> How embarrassing. One, sir. Explain well, yourself. I don't even know where to begin. All right. Just... Just, just say I suck. That was horrible. <laughs> what a coward not... what a coward of a score it was, it was very cowardly we were we were definitely like that at the time we were, we were all about oh yeah you give out 10 tens it's like come on <laughs> all right but but yeah so i have johnson you have a draw what happens in this round well, it started out a pretty good round for dj but you know cejudo kept in it he was landing some good shots of his own especially that knee to the body and a couple good punches you know in the clinch i thought dj worked the leg and body well but you know cejudo gets the takedown at the end and while he's not really landing, it's about probably almost three minutes in he gets to take down. Probably like a minute 45 left in the round. Yeah, somewhere around there. While he's not landing many punches, he's still landing a fair amount. And some of them are pretty decent. Once once he hears the clacker, I think, is when he felt safe to let it go. And that's when I said, okay, that this is definitely his round. Because I thought those were the best punches from the top. So I went 10-9, Cejudo. That's a good observation about those punches. And that kind of annoys me because it's like, well, you could have done more. Yeah, he could have for sure done more. Yeah, you know, which is which is crap. Like, are you trying to win the fight, or are you just trying to win? A, I mean, are you trying to win the fight, or are you trying to win the competition? Exactly. You know, and that that's kind of annoying. There, it is what it is. He, you know, he did what he did, and he ended up winning the competition. So it is what it is. But I actually, I agreed with you. I gave this as a ten nine Cejudo round. So I flipped entirely from ten nine Johnson to ten nine Cejudo. Uh, I still say this is a close round. This was a very close round. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's crazy to go one way or the other. I guess that sort of uh, puts us into the 10-10 territory, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> or if, at least you, because yeah. I didn't. If, <laughs> if Cejudo did doesn't let go for those final, you know, 
six or so punches at the, at the clapper, I'd probably have a real tough tough time uh, scoring it for him. I might yeah, it's... pull the trigger for Johnson. I think I think one of the things with Johnson, and this this is born bore out throughout the fight, um, the leg kicks. It's it's really how much weight can you give the leg kicks compared to the kind of what else is being done to him. You know, mm-hmm. he's doing really good work with his leg kicks. They really are effective, and the, and quite possibly are the closest thing to anything fight ending that anyone did throughout the entire fight. But well, yeah, well, definitely, especially in round one. He, he yeah, yeah, but, but again, he adds way, to it. He so. he does. He kind of works it. He works it very well. It doesn't get them. I'm not saying it's he's close to the finish or anything like that. But he is. He's landing strikes that are working toward a finish. They're effective strikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's just it's tough in a round like this because it's it's so close and just like just enough happens with Cejudo here. Where yeah, I think you kind of got to give it to Cejudo. Yeah, but he... again, it's really close. I don't I don't really have a problem if it went the other way. But all three judges actually did see this one as a Cejudo round too, um, which tied the score on judges D'Amato and McCarthy's cards. And Marcus Rosali still has Mighty Mass up 39-37. So Mighty Mass has already locked it up on his card. Uh, just one more judge would have needed to see it for Mighty Mouse in this one, either Judge D'Amato or McCarthy. We know that doesn't happen, of course, but uh, that is that is where we're at going into round five. Imagine if there was open scoring and everybody knew that. Oh, yeah. this uh, That would be pretty wild. I, th- is this the, I, I recently watched a fight about open uh, where the commentators asked for open scoring. It pro- probably wasn't this one. I don't think it was this one. I don't recall it, no. Yeah. No, I just – I this, this fight is distinctive because the commentator uh, – one commentator in particular in – particular, uh, who, whose name will remain nameless, but his initials are DC, uh, <laughs> is is very, very, very heated when they talk about the definition of a takedown. Uh. Because uh, they were saying that Cejudo landed uh, – they said like he landed like four takedowns. He's like, nope, he landed a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he went got so crazy mad about on that, that one yeah. for like a good like 12 <laughs> seconds of time. And then all they could do was just like laugh about it and try to move on. <laughs> oh, man. You're, you you can't change DC. But again, I, I who knows who I'm talking about? There's a lot of people with the initials DC. There's <laughs> uh, Douglas Crosby, Derek Cleary, Dominic Cruz. Uh, wow, there is a lot of DCs. D- Daniel Cormier does too, right? Yeah, He's got yeah, those initials. Yeah. Oh, maybe. He's a wrestling yeah. coach too. I forgot about that. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Let's move on though. <laughs> Round five. Uh, and this one, uh, this is probably the most embarrassing of all, sir. Our original scorecards. For round five of Mighty Mouse Johnson versus Henry Cejudo number two. We just threw our hands up and said it's a draw. 10-10, both of us. Because, you know, we we had no spine. Yeah, it's disappointing. We also had no knowledge. Uh, well, not no knowledge. We didn't have enough knowledge of, of how you'd really score a round like this. Just but dis- it is disappointing. A little embarrassing to borrow your word, I think. I think it is embarrassing because I, I think this is Cejudo's best round. I think it's close but clear for him. I don't even know if I would say it's close but clear, but I think it is. I I felt like it was probably the best of his three. See, there's a slow start to the round. I you know both landed a couple of kicks on each other. Really nothing going on. Uh, some head punches. But where Cejudo shines is every time they clinch and they break, he's the one landing the shots that could finish the fight. He's landing heavy every time Cejudo landed a shot. It felt like the reactions uh, on DJ were not him being rocked. That's not the right word, but. Definitely a little off balance every time he got hit. Uh, and like I said, on the breaks, Cejudo was the landing all the shots, letting everything go. Like, this is like, he's like, maybe I'm actually going to try to finish the fight here. So that's right. I'm on 10-9 Cejudo. 
Yeah, I was too. Um, I think this, like we said, this is kind of the easiest round to give to Cejudo of the three. But I still, I still don't know if I would necessarily call it clear. I, I am still sitting on more like the the close or even close but clear. I'm still calling this a close round where I can maybe see an argument for Mighty Mouse. But I do think it's it's much better to give this round to Cejudo. Cejudo's round. You know, another DC by the way, uh, Dave Chappelle. It's another good, good one. It was Dave Chappelle who right. was, who was uh, talking about the takedowns, by the way. I'm, I'm going to spoil it. It was Dave, Dave Chappelle, Chappelle was talking about takedowns? Okay. It, it was Chappelle and Rogan. It was a very entertaining card that time. They headlined together now. They go, they tour together. That is not a surprise. But Chappelle and Rogan tour together. So. That, that is not a surprise whatsoever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is a hoodoo around. Uh, why we couldn't have just done that, you know, two years ago when we were, when we were first watching this show. I don't know. Like I said, it's because we didn't know what we were talking about. That's true. So this was uh this ended up we now both have forty eight forty seven Cejudo, which is the dominant scorecard that was given out by judges D'Amato and McCarthy at the time. Uh, whereas Marcus Rosales again he he gave the fight to Johnson. It was forty eight forty seven. It's not a crazy scorecard to go that way. Um, realistically, if someone had turned in fifty forty five for Mighty Mouse, I think you can probably defend it. it. It's harder to defend, but you know it's there. I, I think there's at least something there to it. Um. But we didn't have that. We had we had sharp judges who who were on the same page more or less, except for the one round. And uh, yeah, we we've definitely learned a lot, haven't we? From going from oh, yeah. you had forty nine forty six Johnson, <laughs> and I had forty nine forty five Johnson. Um, those scores um, are not based in what we should be doing. So I disavow them. It's not. It's not. It doesn't. You know. It's not the fight we saw. And now the appeal has been uh, granted, sustained. Uh, we rule in favor of the new scorecard, which is 48-47 Suhudo on past judgment. No 10-8s, no 10-7s, none of that. No 10-10s. Yeah, no 10-10s. Yeah. You know, to be I honest, was. I was actually, when, when they announced on the rewatch, when I watched it, I was like, oh, wow, Suhudo actually won. I, was, I, for, I forgot he won. You forgot he won. I forgot he won it. You I, forgot that this was the fight that yeah. launched him into I for, all the yeah. stuff that he had after that. He was only double C at this time. Well, yeah, I mean, well, coming into it, he was just C. Single C, yeah. Single C, that's, this, yeah. I, I forgot this is what made him double C. And I remember him, yeah, he called out uh, the winner of Dillashaw and and, uh, and Garbrandt after this one. He wanted he wanted a good challenge for the belt immediately. He was trying to kind of steal the thunder of that Mighty Mouse wasn't really excited by the idea of going up to 35. He really wanted to just stay at 125. Uh, unless, and this is just a, an understanding of what we heard in, public and conjecture so take this for the grain of skull salt but uh it sure seemed like he was more looking for it to be worth his while to go up to 135 than you know to the ufc to kind of sweeten the pot in a way that they just don't so um that's what it is pseudo he was like nah man i'm gonna do it right away and then he did it and then he ended up winning the vacant belt and he defended the belt and then he retired and, and, and oh and of course he did he, he did beat Dillashaw, who came down at 125. That was what really happened there. So, yes, um, he went from having, you know, a, an interesting flyweight career. You know, he, was, he was memorable at this point. He was, who knows how much longer he was going to fight or not uh, to he's now in the conversation is, I mean, you got to put him at least in the top 25 somewhere in terms of UFC accomplishments just because he did what he did. And it's possible if they gave him uh, the crack at Volkanovski and, you know, he'd have Probably the best case to be at the Alexander top Volkanovsky of... would 
definitely beat Henry Cejudo, especially coming off of uh, what a couple year retirement. I'm just. I saying, feel very strongly about that. That's we don't have to get into it now because we'll talk. <laughs> well, it's about, not gonna happen. So we can talk about it now or later. Whatever. That's the fight I want. I mean, like I don't. I don't want to see Korean Zombie. I'd rather wait for Max if 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 that's the fight they're gonna put together. Considering Folk doesn't fight more than once a year. Possibly no, I, I twice. Li- I like. Uh, I I want Korean Zombie to get his shot. I don't think he's gonna win, but I I like it. Give him one more shot. Uh, it was I. His career is just so fascinating because he lost several years of it while he had to do his mandatory uh, military service for uh, the Korean government, and that was unfortunate uh, in in terms of fight career that kind of thing. It is what it is. It's part of uh, being life, you know, life there in in the, in the country there. But I I just look at this fight and, and you know think about what you just said. You really want it to be Cejudo. Three years ago, three and a half years ago, when we watched this, which you and I watched it together, we were out celebrating your birthday over at the sports book, which was new at the time mm. in Jersey. And who could have thought that much longer later? We're like, no, he needs to. He needs to be the guy who challenges for the belt. Two weight classes up, huh? I Crazy. probably didn't think that. No, no, no. I don't think I just, anyone I just, uh, in I the just, building or anyone in New Jersey thought that. I mean, it, it's heading towards it's going to be Korean Zombie. I just think it's a waste of a Volk fight. So I don't. I disagree. That's How funny. dare you say any sort of Korean zombie fight is a waste? I'm, I no, it's probably. I'm gonna about be a to fun, bug you off the show. It's going to be a fun fight. It's just he's no not going to win. He's going to get blown out. I think so. Uh, I'm I'm rethinking Pizza Wagon. <laughs> All right, I'll go. That's, that's the event. It's probably going to be. On. It's only for me. You can eat it too, but I'm going for me, not for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. But uh, but that is it for this fight. I think we can move on from that. And uh, now we're really just going to look ahead to uh, finally a UFC card, like we said, coming back this weekend. It's uh, UFC Vegas. 46. We're almost at the 50 mark. We're closing in. We'll be there in about a month-ish, right? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to do a very giant and, and over-the-top uh, disproportionate special uh, <laughs> celebrating 50 events uh, that are not pay-per-views at UFC Apex. <laughs> closing in. Uh, what a magical number. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so this one is uh, the main card goes off at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I believe it's just an ESPN plus card it might actually be simulcast on espn as well i'm not sure um i those always mix me up because i have a cable subscription through my parents so i get regular espn and i have an espn plus subscription that i actually pay for and uh it all kind of just goes through the app to me at this point so i don't think about it anymore yeah just a simulcast damn Right to the TV. But, but our headliner, it, it is at 145. It does not involve any of the uh, the aforementioned gentlemen at 145 pounds, but it's Calvin Cater returning after a year off. He was also the first fight, uh, first headliner of 2020, or excuse me, 2021. Well, he's hoping to rewrite 2022 as, as a much better start to the year than 2021. I, so. I can't imagine it can go any worse for him when he fights Giga Chikadze. I think he could get knocked out as long as he wasn't. he doesn't get hospitalized for days or god forbid even worse uh, the beating he took against max holloway cater did last year i was worried about him coming back like period and obviously he's been out a while and i kind of wonder if maybe he was having issues or I'm, i don't know anything i don't know at all pure speculation but you just got to think after something like that guy needs to give his brain a rest yeah so basically a full year out uh yeah since then almost almost to the day giga's been on a tear just smashing uh, you know I've been touting him pretty much for the length of the show. Exactly. So this, so what I'm getting at is Giga gets in there, mows down Calvin Cater, 
So we're just we're just saying he just plows right through. Saying he you, just you're not, just saying you don't give Cater any respect. Hypothetically, he goes in there and he beats him like he did Cub Swanson. Oh, I see. Okay, you're talking about hypothetical. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how do you not just give him the opportunity against Volkanovski? Well, if they've already booked it, then yeah, you can't. Like you but, can't. Like, you should uh, but wait. if it's still if it's still in flux and that kind of thing, yeah. I mean, I I think it'd be great to to put him in there. I think you still wonder about the the level of competition. I think you know, this is again nothing against Calvin Cater, but he's also coming off again a year layoff. It's been a year and a half since he won a fight, and he. I mean, not that he didn't look good in that fight, but man, he got manhandled in that fight. So what kind of Calvin Cater is Giga Chikaze fighting this time? I don't know. Um, for him not to have to face you know, any of the top guys. And we're talking about, you know, the, the Brian Ortega's, uh, the Max Holloway's, uh, the Chansung Jung's of the world. He's gets to skip right by them and get the title shot. I don't know if that's super great, but he would have an impressive streak. I, I think he is at least of the caliber that you could realistically put him in there and say, okay, it's, it's a realistic challenger. Um, rankings be damned, you know, but yeah, I, I would rather see, Chance on John get the fight. I think I think he's fought a higher caliber uh, of competition over the years, and I think he deserves it. Oof. All right. Is what it is. So what do you think of the fight? Who's going to win? I, I have no idea. I, I saw Giga. Like, maybe he was looking forward, like, past Calvin Cater when, when Max dropped out. It's like, at the possibility, maybe this guy on his head. I don't know how to, how to, how to read that. I, I And I don't know how Cater's going to bounce back. I don't know how to make a pick. Uh, well, you just got to say a name. That, yeah. That's how it works. I mean, I... That's how you make a pick, sir. I guess the smart bet is to bet uh, Chikadze, but Chikadze... What's your method? Decision. We need to track this this year, by the way. 2022 is the year we're going to track it. That's I your will. job. I, I track will. a lot of stuff. You do this. All right, fine. Yeah, exactly. Especially when I frame it that what way. We should do, <laughs> what we should do is we should make picks for the fi- for the main card every event. No. But not like don't we don't do have that. to talk about it. Just fire them off and then bam. Make your no, fire pick. No, no, okay. we'll do it. Just, we'll the, do it. just the fights of interest in Maine. As, yeah, maybe we can do just the fight of interest. The reason okay. being because sometimes they put car like fights on the main card that are just not that interesting, okay. and I just don't care. I don't even <laughs> want to process the thought process to put my pick out there. And number two, we don't always get the fights anyway. You yeah, know, it's true. people get injured, they miss weight. They, you know, we've had a lot of COVID. Over the last few years, who knows? Maybe we'll get more of it now that Omicron's coming back and and is weaving itself into every measure of all of our lives. Um, yeah, I, I'd rather just stick with this, sir. All right, that's fair. All right, so who's your pick then? Uh, Giga. I'm gonna say a uh, decision. All right. Yeah. Also, I actually don't love making fighter picks. I've actually started to not like it as much. All right. But I'll do it anyway. I'll do it for you. You can. You don't have to make a pick. Nah, I'll do it. All right. Just for you. <laughs> back in Nevada, yeah. though. Because you're my buddy. Yeah. yeah, we're back in Nevada. You know, UFC Vegas tends to be in Nevada because Vegas is, yeah. tends to be in Nevada. So we'll have the Nevada judges. So have those Nevada judges, those traveling judges, too. I expect the, the highest caliber of judging that we're, we're used to. They, you know, hopefully they're sharp from a month off, maybe had some, uh, you know, time to recoup. Maybe to watch some old fights and, uh, you know, sharp themselves up. Study the data from the data show. <laughs> Shine up their judges, which are in the mail, and if not, they were stolen. They, yeah, stolen for sure. Mm-hmm. That's definitely. It, we wouldn't have just not sent anything out. <laughs> no question. Uh, <laughs> any other uh, fights of interest for you, sir? Yes, uh, Brandon Royfel is on this card fighting Rogerio Bonturin. Yes, I think yeah, Royfel's is... got that two fight uh, skid that he's on, but it, I mean, he's 
anytime he's in there, it's 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 just kinetic. So I'm very excited to watch him win, lose, or draw. He's the type of guy that I I hope record wouldn't be the indicator of how he stays on the roster because I think the talent is there, the excitement is there. Uh, I think he's got a he's an engaging personality too. I've spoken with him before, um, but. I do feel good about him being able to bounce back against Bontarine. I'm not writing off Bontarine, but I, I think I think Royville is going to get a submission. I think it'll be impressive. That is my pick also. I'll say Royville, Royville, round one submission. All right. Rear naked choke. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I will just say go, go Plata since it's what I want. Okay. That's a good. But one. I don't expect it. So. <laughs> just, but if, oh my goodness, if he does it, bonus for Royville. That's, get, a, that's an automatic judgy. That's a bonus for Royville, yeah. An automatic judgy. <laughs> uh, I might have to send something in the mail if he gives me a Google plot. <laughs> oh, boy. No, not to say I didn't send anything in the mail. I totally did. It just got stolen or it got yeah. lost. I mean, it would be the only time Bontarine's been subbed, too, so that's still even more impressive. I know. I, you know, I feel like a, a fight like this, it's really shaping up. It's gonna, if, it's probably going to be like a decision, realistically. Uh, I kind of I feel like it's actually going to be a decision, but I'll still I'll stick with submission round one. That's where I'm in. Round one, sub. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, Brian Boom Boom Kelleher coming back against Said Yokub Kakramanov that at 135 be, pounds. That should be a good one. I like Kakramanov. I think he's an interesting prospect. I liked, uh, I liked his debut last year. Um, I think he's a problem, uh, you know, potential problem in this division. So I mean, you know, haven't seen enough of him, so I'm very open to being wrong. I will pick him over Kelleher. I'm going to say I'm going to say round two TKO. I'm going with another sub, another rear naked choke. Late, oh, who are you picking? Late though, round three. Uh, Sayo, uh, Kakramanov. Kakramanov. Said Yakub Rakramanov. Kakramanov. Yep. <laughs> that thing. Uh, and then of course, uh, it's worth shouting this out. I don't really love this fight, but it's you got to shout it. I think anyway, it's a, you know it's a key rankings fight at women's flyweight uh, between Caitlin Trukagian and Jennifer Maya. Uh, the winner of this kind of, it, you know, basically stays in the mix for a potential run at a rematch uh, with Valentina Shevchenko. I don't think anybody realistically thinks either of them would win, but I will say this for Maya. She went the distance against uh, Shevchenko and she actually, you know, I think she won one. Round. Yeah, she she won. She did not look good in the fight on the whole. She just looked good comparatively. Com- compared to Chikagian's fight with her. Yeah, she looked good. Um, but the, those two also, this is the second time they're fighting Chikagin and Maya. So, oh, that's right. First time Chikagin kept her on the outside and I expect the same thing, uh, from Chikagin. Neither of them really finish at all. I mean, outside the Joanne Wood sub from Jennifer Maya, there's, you know, I don't think she has many finishes in the UFC. Caitlin has zero finishes in the UFC. I think it's an easy bet to just take it to go the distance. Yeah. Pretty I'm, I'm actually going to pick Maya to go the distance. Um, I got Chikagin by, uh, okay. By decision, All right. similar fight. Yeah, I, like I said, this it's not one I'm necessarily looking forward to, but I think it, you know, we're talking about two of the highest level fighters on this card. I think it would be disrespectful to just ignore that it's happening. Yeah, so, want to shout it out. And Dan, we're done. We are uh, in the books for another one of the Couchside Judges. I hope you guys enjoyed our appeal edition of Past Judgment. Uh, I'm sure we'll be able to do more of these from time to time, but, uh, you know, we only have so many that we pull from, right? Yeah, I like going back and seeing how dumb we were. We are dumb. Don't forget. (laughs) All right, we'll be back again uh, to break down these fights. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a great week.